Who's decided to be in the house of the Lord? You guys can go ahead and take a seat. My name is Jacob. I'm the student pastor, and uh, I am filling in today for Pastor Daniel. Pastor Daniel is uh, preaching at a church uh, in Corbin, Kentucky, so I'll say a real quick prayer for him, praying for salvations. If uh, you don't know who I am, like I said, my name is Jacob. I'm a student pastor, and uh, I've been a student pastor here for about seven years. Wow, can you believe that, Trevor? Seven years. And i uh, just excited to kick this series off, X's and O's. Um, also, a really quick shout out. Can we give it up for our Grayson campus? Aren't they amazing? We love you guys. You guys have the best, the best campus pastor. And Aaron, awesome staff. Shout out to our all-star kids, uh, kids staff, Misty. And awesome worship leader, Caleb. Love you guys. Uh, my alma mater, went to, went to KCU, graduated from there. I was on the five-year track in college. Anybody, any college students on the five-year track? That was me. Yeah, here we go. We got some hand raised. There we go. And, uh, <laughs> and love, love grace and very special place in my heart. So glad to see what God is doing. Well, guys, for the next, uh, next uh, two hours, I'm kidding, next uh, 45 minutes, uh, we, uh, we're, we're going to talk about dating. I get to kick this series off. And... Uh, just so you know, I'm a student pastor, so uh, it goes quicker when you talk back. Just going to let you know. We're going to, we're going to, it's flu season, so we won't touch anybody, but um, we'll, uh, we're, we're going to talk back, okay? And uh, so the title of today's message is called Grow Up. Can you look at somebody and tell them, grow up? Parents, that was your chance to look at your kids. Look at all of them. Grow up, grow up, grow up. Been telling you that. God's telling you this morning, grow up. We're kicking this series off, X's and O's. This is a message about dating, uh, but it's a little bit more than that. We're going to look at some biblical principles. It can apply to you if you're married. Uh, we're going to learn in a couple of weeks at marriage night that when you're married, you still date, right? Uh, I've been married for uh, going on five years, and uh, we still date. We still go on dates. And uh, this can apply to anybody if you're in high school, in middle school, we'll talk about middle school dating later. Uh, if you're in college, if you're single, single again. These pr biblical principles can apply throughout this whole series, whatever stage of life that you're in. The biblical principles in relationships, they go for marriage, they go for dating, they go across the board. And so that's what we're going to tackle. But the verse, our theme verse for today, now this isn't necessarily a dating verse. We'll talk more about that. But it does have to do with spiritual maturity. It does have to do with growing up. And that's going to be found in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, the love chapter. Probably you heard this read at a wedding. This is what it says. Going towards the end, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter, letter to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. You know, what, you know what Paul's saying here? He's saying, grow up. Look at somebody and say, grow up. Yeah, half of y'all did it. We're going to keep going until you do it. That's just how Look at somebody and say, grow up. Listen, church is going to be fun this morning. You might have come in here thinking, I'm going to sleep through this. If, I'm going to come wake you up. You know what I'm saying? Grow up. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and have a little bit of fun. I want to have fun with this because dating and relationships can, can be so serious. They can be so serious. It's the end of the world. Oh, my gosh. We dated for two days. I loved them. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. It is serious. Uh, matters of the heart and, and the soul. That is serious. But we're going to have fun this morning. Uh, show of hands. How many of you have ever broken? 
broken up with somebody or been broken up with. Come on now. We got, yeah, keep them up. Keep them up. So some of y'all are lying in church. Yeah. So some of y'all are looking around like, all right, did they break up with them or were they the one broken up with? You know, they're judging right now. Like I could see they were the one, they were the one that broke up. Yeah, I see them. Yeah. Okay. See, here's the deal. We've all been in relationships. We all have been in relationships that ended badly. And the funny thing about dating, and this is what I tell our middle school and high school students, is your dating relationship is going to end in one or two ways. You're going to break up or you're going to get married. That's it. So think about that for a middle school student. I love her. She's hot. Well, you're either going to break up or get married. It's real. Those, those are the only two, unless you date forever. Those are the only two options. And so whenever we talk about dating, when we talk about relationships, one of the big biblical principles that we're going to address today is that we all need to grow up. I'll never forget, I had marriage counseling with Pastor Daniel, and he sat me down, he said, I want to tell you one thing, it's the most important thing that you could ever hear uh, in, in being married, getting ready to be married is this, grow up. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Growing up, but not just growing up in the world sense or in culture sense. What we mean is growing up in Christ. Growing up spiritually. So everybody in Grace and online and in the Moorhead campus, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's ask God to give us energy. Some of y'all need to wake up before you can grow up. Let's ask God to help us focus and give us understanding in the word this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the worship team. Thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you this morning. Lord, we're just praying right now that the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Bless us. In Jesus' name, ask everybody. Everybody said amen, amen. Who likes football? Anybody like football in the house? Yeah. All the men said yes. All the girls said I'm out. Football, uh, anybody, uh, just, just any, anybody uh, going to watch the Super Bowl tonight? Yeah. Anybody watch the Super Bowl just to see the commercials? Yeah. All the ladies said, yeah. Anybody uh, go to the Super Bowl party just for the food? Oh, yeah. There we go. Give me some buffalo cheese dip. There we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the Super Bowl, uh, do you guys realize that the Super Bowl trophy is uh, called the Lombardi Trophy. It's named after legendary coach Vince Lombardi. Really quick history lesson. I think this is really cool. Uh, Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, woo, yeah, cheeseheads in the house. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> they, uh, Vince Lombardi took over in the late 50s after they had like never won a game. And they, won, they were like one in like 10 or something like that before he took over. They had a winning uh, record his first season. Then his second season as the head coach, they went, this is before the Super Bowl, they went to the National Football Championship and lost. Pro athletes. The very next year, which is the first year they win the Super Bowl, they win it like five times over the next, or the championship, but they win it five times over the next nine years, including Super Bowl I and Super Bowl II. But anyways, they just lose the national championship. Pro athletes. He brings them into their first practice the next year. The very first practice the next year. And he looks at them. Professional athletes. I mean, these guys could like, they're like three times my size. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they run over people. For a living. That's awesome, by the way. That's great. You know, what do you get to do? I hit people. That's it. Uh, so he brings them in, professional athletes, doing this most of their life. Their very first practice, on their way to win the Super Bowl. And this is what he says. Gentlemen, this is a football. 
What? That's how he starts practice with the national football champions that year, going on to win five championships, including the first two, two Super Bowls over the next nine years. But Vince Lombardi was relentless, like a lot of really great coaches, and everyone can groan on these next or moan on these next two names, like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Uh, but uh, like really great coaches, they are relentless and obsessed about the basics of the game. They want you to master the basics. So really quickly, what I want to do is I want to go back to the basics. I know that it may sound crazy that we're starting here, but let's go back to the basics of dating. Like I'm talking like the basics of dating. And really quickly, let's just define what we talk about, what we're talking about when we're talking about dating. What do you mean? What do you mean when you say the word dating? This is what we mean, okay? When we're talking about dating, we mean two people, not three or four, two people, it's another message, two people, pursuing each other to the end of marriage. Now, a lot of people will define dating differently. Sometimes dating is it's just casual. Sometimes dating is talking. You've been talking for a couple of months, and so you're dating. Sometimes dating is we go on dates, but we're not boyfriend or girlfriend yet. Or sometimes people would say that they're dating. They've gone on, or they've gone on dates, and they finally asked them to be their boyfriend or girlfriend, and now they're dating. Dating, when we talk about dating, I mean, it is a, it is a big generalization. Dating can be a lot of different things. So for the purpose of today, for the next 33 minutes, we're going to talk about dating in this context. It's two people pursuing each other to the end of marriage. More specifically, we're going to be talking about, and, I'll, and we'll explain why later, two Christian people pursuing each other to the end of marriage. That's what we mean when we're talking about dating. Now, I have to do a really quick disclaimer. Dating is not biblical. Now, this is what I mean by that. I'm not saying that the Bible speaks against dating. What I mean is the Bible doesn't speak about dating at all. <laughs> dating is a really new concept. It's only been around for the past two, 300 years. They did not date in the Bible. But there are biblical principles about relationships, about marriage, about how to act with someone before marriage that we can apply to dating. So if you were to look in your Bible and you say, I'm just going to look up a, a, a passage about dating, you're not going to find a story about two people dating before they got married. Because that didn't happen in Bible times. But because the Bible is so amazing, there's great principles, there's great lessons that we can look at and learn about dating. Specifically, two people pursuing each other to the ends of marriage. Let's go back to the verse here. 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. What's so awesome about this verse, 1 Corinthians 13 mirrors Ephesians 4. What Paul is doing here, he just went through all the spiritual gifts. And what he says here is you could have all these great spiritual gifts. You can speak in tongues. Um, you could have the gift of prophecy. You could have the gift of being an amazing worship leader. You can do all these amazing things. But if you do not love, they're meaningless. In fact, the sign, he says, is of a mature believer is not that they show up to church and do this, oh, oh good song, but that they love. And when you grow up, this is so cool because he says this in Ephesians 4. You know what's after Ephesians 4 as well when he talks about this? When you become spiritually mature, what's after Ephesians 4? Ephesians 5. You know what Ephesians 5 is? The marriage chapter. 
Which brings us to the principle that's going to work this game plan. We've got three plays we're going to run in the next 30 minutes. Three plays we're going to talk about so that we can win in dating. Or for a broader, so we can win in relationships. We've got three plays. But before we do those plays, we've already defined what dating is. Now let's have this theme that we're going to work on for the next three plays. And this is the theme. This is the main points. If you're taking notes, write it down. Get your extra points in heaven. Not really. This is what it says. The more I mature in my relationships with Jesus, the more I mature in my relationship with others. This is a biblical principle all throughout Scripture. You apply it to singleness, apply it to dating, apply it to marriage, but you really need to apply it to dating. The more I mature in my relationships with Jesus, the more I mature in my relationships with others. This is why you can have somebody who goes to church, but it's not mature in their relationship with Jesus and dates immaturely. We all know those people. Some of you are like, I am that person. Just call me out. But this is a biblical principle we can see. We see it in 1 Corinthians 13. We see it mirrored in Ephesians 4 leading up to the marriage chapter. And that is the more I mature in my relationship with Jesus, the more I mature in my relationship with others. So as a Christian trying to pursue someone to the end of marriage, which is what dating is, and we'll learn later on why it's so important that dating is that, and we should see dating in that context and through that lens, okay? We need to look at ourselves. We need to look at our relationship with Jesus before we look at our relationship with others or look to have a dating relationship with others. In fact, I think that culture looks at dating like binoculars. The basketball, I said basketball, it's football. This is, I think, how culture, um, this is how culture looks at relationships. They look at it like binoculars. This is how I think culture sees dating. Look, look, look at them. Oh, look at them. Oh, they're sexy. Look at them. Hey, look, 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 scroll, 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 swipe, swipe, like, like, reply, reply, streak on Snapchat. Hello. Look, look, look. It's just look, 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 look. And we're inundating with just looking. But the Bible looks at dating more like a mirror. And instead of look, 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 look out, look out, look out, look at them, look at them, look at them. It's like, hey, hello, hey, you need to look at yourself. You need to look at yourself and you need to look at your relationship with Jesus before you start looking at others. And you just start saying, hey, you know, how do, how, how's my relationship with God? How's my relationship with Jesus? Because if my relationship with Jesus is immature, I want to have an immature relationship with others. But the more I mature in my relationship with Jesus, the more that I mature in my relationship with others. So instead of constantly just looking, 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 liking, lusting, looking, looking, it is, hey, let's look at myself and my relationship with Jesus. So really quick recap before we even talk about the play so we can have a game plan, all right, to win in dating. Dating, back to the basics, is two people pursuing each other to the ends of marriage. One of the biggest biblical principles we see about not just dating but relationships is the more I mature in my relationship with Jesus, the more I mature in my relationship with others. So we need to get out the mirror, look at ourselves, self-evaluate, and say, hey, how's my relationship with Jesus? How am I doing? What's at stake here? Well, if you're dating, it's your future. It's your marriage or lack thereof. You want to make sure you get this right. You want to make sure that you mature in your relationship with Jesus so that you can have a mature relationship with someone else. 
So now, let's get to the playbook. Let's get to the game plan. We've got three plays to run. All right, three plays to run. The first play is called this. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first play is called this, whole, not half. Whole, not half. Look at somebody and say, whole, not half. All right, now we're all going to do it. Look at somebody and say, whole, not half. I'm so glad 50% of you are in on this. This is awesome. This is so good. All right, whole, not half. So um, here's the deal. It all starts with your relationship with Jesus. Question, where do you look for, 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 for fulfillment? Serious question. Peer into your heart, mirror, mirror time. Where do you look for, for fulfillment? Where do you look to for meaning or reason? Where do you look to get joy or happiness? If you're dating, it might be the person you're dating. That's unbiblical. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that for fulfillment or meaning or reason, someone to complete you or make you whole, you should be looking to Jesus. Here's a story about this. One of my favorite chapters in my favorite book of the Bible, John chapter 4. John chapter 4, there's a story about Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman. Now, uh, Jews and Samaritans, they don't mix like water and oil. They just don't mix. Jesus decides that he was going to go to this town and he, he has a drink or he wants to get a drink at this well, but he doesn't have anything to get a drink with. And the rest of the disciples went on to the town to get some food or something. And he's just kind of chilling at this well. And it's the middle of the day. It's super hot. And there comes a woman by herself to get water at this well. She's got a bucket with her. And what's really weird about this story is most of the time the women, it's kind of like in this day and age, women going to the well to get water is like women going to the bathroom. They go in groups. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and they, they, what do they do? I don't know. And they, they went to, they went to, it's like, it's like mom, it's like old school Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Like this is where it all happened at. And they, they went to the well and uh, she was by herself though. No one would go with her, which is odd. And she goes to, to get water. And what's crazy about this story is she's been married five times. She dated the wrong people. She's living with this sixth dude. She's not even married to. She comes in contact with Jesus, which is the seventh dude in her life. Seven in the Bible means complete or wholeness or full or perfection. So she meets Jesus, the seventh guy that she's come in contact with in her life. The seventh man to have an impact on her life. And this is what he says. Jesus answered and looked at her and said, Everyone who drinks this water from this well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, she was thirsty for relationship. She looked to relationships and to boys to fulfill her. But the more she dated, the more guys she went to, the emptier she was. See, what she didn't know was the backstory about humanity, which the Bible talks about, which is we are born half, not whole. We're born without the ability on our own to complete ourselves, without the ability to be fulfilled, fully filled, without the ability on our own to give ourselves reason and meaning and purpose. And if you're not careful and you don't look at how your relationship is with Jesus first, you will look to the opposite sex. You will look to dating to fully fill you and it will only leave you emptier because it can't. Because nothing in this world, drug, sex, rock and roll, relationships, doesn't matter, fill in the blank, D, all the above, it will not fill you fully. 
it will not leave you fulfilled. It will leave you emptier. The Bible works on this premise that we are halves and the only thing that can make us whole is Jesus. And if you get it backwards and you look for someone else to complete you, they'll deplete you. And they will never make you whole. See, dating is not, I'm a half and you're a half and we come together and we make a whole and you complete me. That's not what dating is. That's not it. Because you will either end up pouring all of yourself out to them and you will be empty or you will expect them to pour all of them out to you and then they'll be empty and they really don't really fill you up either and it's just messed up. See, the Bible says that you should look to Jesus first. Jesus is the one that gives you fulfillment. Jesus is the one that gives you completeness. Jesus is the one that fills up the hole in your heart so that you can be filled with life and spirit and love and peace and joy so that you don't take it from the person that you date or eventually married to, but you look to Jesus to give it to you. It's all about two holes being made whole by Jesus, not halves, but two holes being made whole by Jesus. And you're just running your race like the author of Hebrews says, going from 11 to chapter 12. You're running your race that God has set up before you. You're in your lane. You're a whole person. You look over and you go, hey, they hot. <laughs> They're a whole too. I saw you serving at church. You want to serve together? What team you want? You know what I'm saying? Like that. But really though, like what better place to meet somebody than church? Like what's the other option? A bar? Like, come on. I mean, what's well, awesome. But that's the biblical picture is looking to Jesus to fulfill you, to fully fill you. Looking to Jesus to be the person that completes you, not looking to someone else that can't. You know what's amazing about this story? Her soul never thirsted again because she'd found Jesus. What's amazing about this story is she becomes the first evangelist. God gave the first evangelistic message to a woman, Samaritan, which in that time was so radical. And because of her faith and her story, the whole village was changed to believe in Jesus. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. All because she finally came to the realization because she met King Jesus, that no other man in the world could make her whole. No other man in the world could complete her or fully fill her. Only Jesus could do it. Listen, sir, no other woman in the world can make you whole or fully fill you or give you meaning, a purpose, and reason. I don't care how many songs talk about how she gives you purpose and she gives you reason. It doesn't exist. Only Jesus can do that. But when you look in the mirror and you do this first play in your heart, if you're dating right now, if you're middle school, high school, college, young adult, single, single again, whatever, this is the first play that you need to play in your game plan to make sure that you win in dating is you need to take out the mirror and say, hey, how's my relationship with Jesus? Because I'm supposed to be a whole, not a half. And the only way that I become a whole person is by following and being in a relationship with Jesus. Listen, the greatest thing you could do right now, the greatest thing you could do in 2020, the greatest vision you could have for your life is not go to the gym and lose 20 pounds, but it's to fall on your knees and lose your life over to Jesus. And say, hey, listen, I'm going to give it to you and you're the person that's going to make me whole. And then you're not looking to someone else to fulfill you, but now you actually have something to offer them. 
I'm getting ahead of myself. Next play, play two. Ready for this? This one is called Jesus Jersey. Let's try this again. Look at the person beside you and say, Jesus Jersey. That was like 75% participation. I don't know how it was in Grayson. and hopefully it was up there. Jesus Jersey. That's awesome. Jesus Jersey. This is really simple. It's as simple as it sounds. Now I might step on some toes on this. So I hope you're wearing your boots, your Justins. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Uh, picked somebody from the same team. And this is what I mean by that. Make sure they also have the Jesus Jersey on. We'll get to the Bible here in a second. This isn't just my belief. The Bible talks about this. Make sure that whenever you're dating your man or a woman, young man, young woman, that you pick somebody who wears the Jesus jersey. Not just someone who goes to church. I'll go to church since you're going to church. No, 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 no. Someone who has a growing relationship with Jesus. They've got the Jesus jersey on. I've got five reasons why you need to make sure that you got the Jesus jersey on and they got the Jesus jersey on, all right? Check it out. Reason number one, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, Paul talking, do not be bound together with unbelievers. Okay. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? Ephesians 2.1 says this, if a person is not alive to the things of Christ, they are dead. Real quick question. Anybody in here just really into dead people? That was weird. Yeah, I know. But that's what the Bible says it's like whenever you date someone who isn't alive to the things of Christ. It's like dating a dead person. Well, Jacob, here though it says it's talking about being bound. It's talking about marriage. Yeah, 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 but hear me out. You're either going to break up or get married. So why would you engage in a relationship with somebody who's dead to the things that you're alive to? Why would you bound light with darkness? Now, Paul doesn't come right out and say this is a sin, but he gets pretty darn close. What he's saying here is it's really unwise. Now, I know that I get pushed back on this all the time. Well, I know somebody who wasn't saved and, you know, and they were saved and they started to come to church and they got saved. Yeah, I get that. But really quickly, though, dating is not God's evangelistic plan. The church is, but I am the church. I get that. But God's plan to save the world is the church not your dating relationship. In fact, some of y'all, it's like you're like missionary dating. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been on a mission trip for the past two to three years. And if you were a missionary, they'd already pulled your funding because it ain't serving any results. Man, that ain't working at all. You should go somewhere else. I should, I should. I should go somewhere else. Different mission field. Missionary, that, that's not God's plan. The reason why, it's a lot easier. I love Pastor Brandon. Oh, by the way, I got to brag on the youth really quick. It's so awesome. Uh, Pastor Brandon pe preached this past Wednesday night uh, at youth. We saw seven students give their life to Jesus at youth. Isn't that awesome? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We had college night this past week. Saw five students at college night give their life to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Man. God is awesome. Pastor Brandon says this. He said, it's a lot easier. He like stands on the side of the stage and has students come up. He says, it's a lot easier for someone to pull me down than it is for me to pull them up. And that's so true. That is so true. Here's, here's, here's another thing too. There's another reason. You're the average of your top five friends. 
I don't care what, I don't care who you are. When you start dating somebody, they become your best friend. I see it happen all the time. You could hate country music. Date someone who likes country music. It's three months into it. I like country music. Thomas Rhett's awesome. Happens all the time. You could be a vegan. Other dude like kills deer or whatever. All of a sudden you're like, I love deer meat. It's awesome. Like that's what happens. All the time. All the time. Whoever you date, what happens is you become to be a little bit more like them and them a little bit more like you. And you're the average of your top five friends. That means three of your top five friends got drunk last weekend. You probably did too. Three of your top five friends skipped out on class or are failing that class because they talk too much. You probably do too. If your only friend is the person you're dating, which is what happens anymore whenever you date somebody, you're the average of you and them. And if they don't go to church, they get drunk and go to the frat party, they have nothing to do with Jesus, eventually you probably will too. Got really quiet. Here's another reason. They don't know love. Don't look at me about this. Look to the Bible. Look what it says here. 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not know love does not know God because God is love and vice versa. If you don't have a relationship with God, you don't know what real love is. That's not fair. He loves me. He took me out to White Castle and got me flowers. First off, he needs to be taking you to Malone's. Unless you're a vegan and then, I don't know, like go eat grass. That's unfair. Someone's going to be like, I'm vegan, I'm super healthy. And I'll be like, eat some deer, you know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> what was I even talking about? Yeah, God is love. I'm so sorry, Grayson. I'm so sorry. God is love. <laughs> and vegans don't know. I mean, sorry, no. People who, I'm joking. People who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they don't, they don't know what love is. And this is what I mean by that. If How can you expect someone to forgive you infinitely if they've never been infinitely forgiven by Jesus? How can you ever expect someone to find joy in bad times if they don't understand what it's like to receive joy from Jesus when all hell is breaking loose around them? How can you ever expect someone to serve you like Jesus served you if they don't know Jesus? It's impossible. Ephesians 5.25 paints a marriage and it says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Listen, ladies, you will never find a husband who does that unless they know Jesus. Period. 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 So why should you date someone who has the Jesus jersey on? Because it's wise. Because you're either going to break up or get married. Because if you want the best life you can live, a better life than you can ever imagine, you need to do this. Because the Bible says so. Now, if you don't want to do that, and you want to go rogue from the ways of God, that's fine. You can believe culture over Christ. You can believe culture over the Creator. But I promise you, it will not be a recipe to win in dating. Play number three. Play number three. This play is called Red Flag. Red Flag. Now, this one's a fun one. This one's really fun. This, this is a, a red flag play, all right? This means, uh, pause. Red flag, red card, you're out. 
This could be for you, for the other person. This could be just in general. These are just some caution signs based in scripture that it's probably not a good idea. So first off, recap really quick. What we need to do is we define dating two people, pursuing each other to the end of marriage. We understand the more I grow in my relationship with Jesus, the more that I grow in, in my relationship with others. We got a game plan, all right? The first one is this. We are a whole, not a half. John 4 talked about this with the woman at the well. Jesus makes us whole, not the people that we date. Number two, Jesus jersey. Make sure that they don't just go to church, but they are the church. They are actively growing in their relationship with Jesus. And then play number three, red flags. This is just general red flags. Here's a big red flag. Either you or the other person is a serial dater. And what I mean by that is they just date somebody and then they break up and they date somebody. And look, serial dating is serial killer. I'm telling you. Why is he talking about serial? No, like S-E-R-I. Anyways. You just date one person after the other, one person after the other, one person after the other. Think about this. In any other field of life, we would not think it okay, but for some reason we do in dating. Think of it like this. You're an investor. You made a certain type of investment. It failed miserably. And you go, you know what? I'm going to invest in the exact same thing. Fails miserably. You know what? I'm going to invest in the exact same thing. Fails miserably. Wouldn't you hit the pause button and say, hey, I need to think about what I'm investing in right here. Don't work in investments. But for some reason, it works in dating. Any, any baseball fans in the house? Anybody think the Cincinnati Reds is making the playoffs this year? Right? Come on. Hello. All right. Uh, think of it like a batting average. Stroke, struck out four times in the last game. Next game, three times. Next game, three, terrible batting average. You never adjust your swing. I'll never forget, uh, I played baseball a little bit. Uh, and uh, it was early in high school, it was like sophomore year. And I just, I was in a really bad slump. It really is my whole sophomore year. But anyways, a really bad slump. And towards the end of the season, uh, I had a coach. He, he wasn't the coach anymore, but he was a previous coach. And he came in and in one practice, he changed my mechanics. All I had to do, he was like, I know this sounds stupid. You need to bite your sleeve because you're pulling your head out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am. And that one little tweak, that one little change completely changed how I hit the rest of the year, even though I looked kind of goofy doing it. Listen. It may look kind of goofy to your friends changing up the people that you date, but let me tell you, it could be the greatest decision you make in your life. You need to change it up. If you're a serial dating and the last person doesn't work and that person, you need to readjust because serial dating is serial killer. I'm telling you. The next one, shotgun dating. Now, hold on. This is what I'm talking about here. Uh, shotgun shell, uh, really quickly, it's different than a bullet. Shotgun shell has multiple BBs. So that way, as it goes out, it expands, it gets wider. So you have a larger chance of hitting your target as opposed to just one bullet. Some of y'all shotgun daters, you know what I'm saying? You just like spread a wide net and you're like, I got a reserve list. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in them. I just got to hit something. You know what I'm saying? Like I just got to hit something. That's a bad idea. Bad idea. It's not mature. It's not mature. Another one. If you can't DTR, DTR, my college students, DTR, anyways. If you can't DTR, someone's like, what are you talking about? Ask an 18-year-old. If you can't DTR, if you can't define the relationship, you shouldn't date. If you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with somebody and say, hey, you know what? We've went on a couple dates. We've been talking for a little bit. Let's talk about where we are. If you can't have that mature conversation, you have no business dating. 
You need to be able to have that mature conversation. And that's a big red flag if you just kind of, hey, let's not label. Let's not put a label on anything. Okay, well, let's not label what I'm about to do, but this is called breaking up. Let's define that real quick. He's mean. The next one. Here's a big red flag. If the relationship is more digital than personal, it's probably a red flag. It's so easy to do. And listen, I'm not saying you can't ask a girl out. Listen, met a girl. This is awesome. I don't know if I, how many people have told this. Maybe I've told a lot of people. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, I had my eyes on this girl. Hint, hint, it was my wife. And uh, she, the first time she served, I was serving that Sunday. And she was running ProPresenter. ProPresenter is uh, all the slides. Uh, shout out to all the people running ProPresenter and A-Control. She was running ProPresenter called Pro Presenter. And this was my pickup line at the end of the service. This is so cheesy. I went up to her and I was like, hey, you're a pro at running Pro Presenter. Worked. Yes, let's go. Let's go. That night, slid into her DMs. Was that sexual? No, no, no. It's DMs is, is a direct message on Instagram. Pump the brakes. What's that mean? Slid into her DMs. It's a message. <laughs> Sounds sexual. It's not. Promise. We holding up, Grayson? We good? Slender DMs means I direct message her on Instagram. It's okay if that's how the relationship starts. It's okay if that's how it starts. I'm not saying it's bad to have a digital, what I'm saying is if it stays that way, it's like two months into it, it's like we got an awesome snap streak, but that's it. It's yeah. probably break up. Probably move on. Time to get a mature relationship. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I gotta say this because I'm talking to, to specifically Christians here. If they're not attractive, if you don't find them attractive, not they're not attractive, sorry, but if you don't find them attractive, do not date them. I know that sounds bad, but literally because what happens is Christians get in the circle and you're always around them. You get coffee with the same group of people. You go to small group, with the same group of people. You serve with the same group of people. And before you know it, it's like, I don't find them attractive at all, but at least they're a Christian. Let's just see if it works out. I'm not saying you can't go on a date, but if there's like zero attraction between you two, don't just like, just give it. I'm just like, you know what? Fine. Let's just go on a date. There needs to be a little bit of attraction. <laughs> That's kind of a little bit of a prerequisite there. Just throwing it out there. Just reference Song of Solomon for that. Uh, bring it back. Uh, the next one, here's a big red flag. If you're sexually active or looking at pornography or the other person is, pump the brakes. You need to find fulfillment and be made whole with Jesus first. You need to go back to step one of the game plan. You need to go to whole, not whole. Then you need to start looking for another Christian. Then we can go to these other red flags. Here's another one. This is an analogy. If the relationship is more like a snorkeler than a scuba diver, Maybe time to pump the brakes. Here's what I mean by that. This is an analogy that we used to use back in the day, telling students this is really, this is, it really applies to them. If the relationship is like a snorkeler, it's just surface level. It can maybe go deep, maybe like once or twice, but that's it. You can't talk about serious things like faith. You can't talk about serious things like your views on political things without like just like, oh, we're done. You can't talk about serious things like your future and your passions probably time to pump the brick. You need a scuba diver, someone you can go deep with. Someone where it's just not all surface level. Here's another one. They treat their family like trash, where you do, pump the brakes. See, because they could, oh, well, they're just mean to their mom right now. You don't understand their mom. Yeah, I know that that's their family now, but one day you're gonna be their family. And if they talk to them like that, there's a really good chance they could be talking to you like that too. That's another big red flag for yourself or the person. And honestly, it really comes down to this. If you're not ready to look for the type of person that you're going to marry, you probably need to pump the brakes. 
I know this is so unpopular. Middle schoolers, dating's not a good idea. Where are you gonna go? Like, what's, what, where are you gonna go on a date? You gonna pick her up on your big wheel? I mean, like, <laughs> what are we doing? But dad's got a sick golf cart, yo. We can go down the street. It's awesome. Here's the reason why. I'm not saying you're not spiritually mature, you're not spiritually maturing, but your heart is not something to play with. And why would you get emotionally invested into someone who's growing up just like you are too? And you're definitely not at the stage yet in life. I know in Bible times it were, but we're in a different society now. You're not at the stage in life where you're ready to find the type of person that you're gonna marry for the rest of your life. High school, you can get married. If you're a junior, you could get married next year. And all the parents are like, don't listen to him. Like all the dads like cover their daughter's ears. You could, you get married. First year, freshman year of college, how'd that happen? Married, you could. You need to make sure that you're ready for that when you date somebody. Now here's the deal. It doesn't mean that you only go on dates with the person that you know you're gonna marry. No, you can go on dates. We have this weird thing in the Christian circle where you go on one date, you go grab coffee with somebody. And then here's the deal. When you go on a date with somebody, expect your family and people close to you to kind of tease you a little bit. Like that's just part of it. But what happens is you go to get coffee with somebody and now the whole world's like, they're dating, plan the wedding. Like, no, you should be able to go grab some coffee. You should be able to go to the movies. You should be able to go out to dinner and just to see, hey, like, I think you're attractive, but do we have the spiritual connection? Like, are we good spiritually? Do we have an emotional connection? Is this going to work? And it may be two or three dates in and you realize, hey, it's not. Break up well. Here's another sign too. If you can't break up, you can't date. If you can't be ready to look for the type of person you're going to marry, you shouldn't date. But also if you can't break up, because it's either going to end in one or two ways. If you can't break up well, like we still can't at least be a little bit friends. I know it's going to be awkward. It's not like you're going to be best friends. Hey, you broke up. Let's go to Steak and Shake and Ada, you know? Like that's not going to happen. But if you can't break up well, probably shouldn't date either. You should be able to handle those mature relationships. So if I could summarize it all, it's this, grow up. But more seriously, you need to define dating for yourself. In a biblical context, it's two people pursuing each other to the ends of marriage. And what we know, according to scripture, is the more you grow in your relationship with Jesus, the more you're gonna grow in your relationship with others. You wanna have a mature dating relationship that will leave you winning? Make sure that you're maturing in your relationship with Jesus. Make sure. Here's the game plan. Look to Jesus to make you whole, not anything else in this world or any other person. You're meant to be a whole person, not a half person, looking for another half to make you whole. Only Jesus can do that. Second, pick someone who has a Jesus jersey on. It's so unwise to not do it. And then three, if there's some red flags, and we could have listed so many more, if there's some red flags, pump the brakes a little bit and hit pause. Doesn't mean just like ghost them. Don't ghost them. That's another red flag. If you ghost people, what I mean by that is like, you're talking, you're talking, you're talking. You like find one thing about her or him that you don't like. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're out. And you just never talk to him again. Like, don't do that. That's, a, that's another big red flag. It happens. You should be able to handle these relationships maturely. And here's another thing too. Guys, it should be fun. Like I know that, that there, there, there can be some heartbreak. Don't get me wrong. And some of you, you're gonna have a really hard conversation after this. 
I'm going to pray right now that God would supernaturally give you the strength. If you know you're dating somebody, that's a bad idea. That was like an X on like at least half of the thing. You need to go have a conversation like, hey, it's time to break up. I'm going to pray that God will give you the supernatural strength to do that. Maybe honestly, you need some community. I'm going to pray that right now you can sign up for a group. We're launching them here soon. You can start serving, go out in the red room, sign up to start serving. You need community around you. You need people who love you, love Jesus, and love the local church to help hold you accountable in dating. That's an awesome next step. I'm gonna pray that God would supernaturally give you the courage to go out there and take advantage of the community that you could have, people who could serve with you, who have the Jesus jersey on to help hold you accountable. It's awesome. Some of you, you're doing these things. They're just not there yet. Talk to most people, talk to several people who get married, like me. Six months before I met my wife, I didn't even know she existed. Going to the same church, in the same hometown. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. Trust the process. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You're gonna be running your lane and all of a sudden in the lane you're running, you're gonna look over, you're gonna see her, you're gonna see him, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, manna from heaven. It's awesome. I'm gonna ask you guys to bow your heads and pray. Wherever you are in this room, I pray that God would help you fall more in love with him, fall more in love with Jesus, that you would grow in your relationship with him so that you can grow in your relationship with others. If you're single, or single again, or dating, I'm gonna pray that God will give you the strength to follow him first, to look for someone who's wearing the Jesus jersey and to not compromise on your standards when those red flags come up. I know it's not easy, but I pray that God will do that. If you're here in the room and you don't know Jesus and you wanna give your life to the person that could fully fill you, the person who gave his life for you, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Pastor Daniel says this every week, just praying a prayer doesn't save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And if you want to be saved, you can be saved by praying a prayer and believing it in Jesus. Pray this prayer after me. God, forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry, I've blown it. I believe Jesus died on a cross, rose from the grave, and I'm declaring Jesus is Lord. If that was you and you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you're saved. If you pray that prayer this morning, the Bible also says your next step is to tell somebody. No one's looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, would you just slip up your hand and say, hey, I prayed that prayer this morning. I just gave my life to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else in the room? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. For those of you who prayed that prayer, we have team members. It's not embarrassing. We, people do this every Sunday. You're in great company. Stop by the next step area at your location. Stop by the next step area. We have a gift we would like to give you and somebody to talk about this new journey that you just started. Lord, we love you and thank you so much that we can open up the Bible and it can jump to us. And no matter what stage of life we're in, dating, pre-dating, post-dating, that your word applies to us in relationships. Thank you so much that you would care so much about us. 
that you would have those guidelines in there. Now give us the courage and the strength and the boldness to do that. If we need community, give us the strength and the boldness to seek community. If we need to have a hard conversation, supernaturally give us the strength and the courage to have that hard conversation. Give us favor throughout this week. Bring us back at your appointed time. So in Jesus' name I ask and I pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us at Better Life Church. If you'd love to discover more about how you can take your next step with Christ, we'd love for you to visit betterlife.church slash next steps. There you will find help and resources for whatever step God has for you. If you enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to subscribe and be part of our community. You can also join us live on Sundays or find more resources at betterlife.church. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.